Welcome to the God Loves You period, the podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Amy. No Terry this month. She is, I don't know where she is. She couldn't be here today. <laughs> She's somewhere. She's somewhere. But we have a special guest with us today, Brooke. You'll get to know her in just a second as we talk about food and faith. However, it's our get to know you questions. And since we're talking about food and faith, today's question is, what's your favorite food? Ooh, my Amy's favorite going food, first. My favorite food is tacos. I love tacos. Any type of taco. I should let you know as we're filming this, we're recording <laughs> this, we are currently eating. Amy is eating. I am eating an acai bowl from Publix, the new Publix beach side. All right. Uh, and Brooke is eating, drinking. I am drinking a smoothie. It's also from the Publix. What kind of smoothie? Oh, I have no idea. Amy, it, what's in I it? I ordered for you. I got you mango, strawberry, banana, and pineapple. Oh, that and sounds good. I asked for chicken tender, so Amy <laughs> brought me chicken wings. Anyhow. A whole rotisserie uh, chicken. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so my favorite food, Scott, my favorite food, I, I, I like barbecue ribs probably. Barbecue ribs. Maybe barbecue pork. No one's shocked by that. No one's shocked. Brooke, what's your favorite food? My favorite food is potatoes. You could have them in any style, and it would be my favorite. <laughs> French fries, I mean, cheesy potatoes, tater tots, hash browns. I love it all. All right. All right, folks. We're here today uh, with Brooke. She has been attending First United for about, I don't know, six, seven months now. I guess when did you start? Uh, the end of July. Was end of July of last year. She came to us from the Duke University Divinity School. Go Duke. Right. Go Let's Blue go Devils. Duke, who, by the way, they are ACC champions on the day that we're recording this. That's so Let's right. go Duke, baby. Yeah. Three that Duke, was awesome. Three Duke grads on this podcast right now, which is why Terry's not here. We kicked her out. <laughs> so, uh, but she, Brooke, tell us about yourself. Tell us where you're from. Tell us, tell us three things we need to know about you. Well, hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here, and thanks for having me, Scott and Amy. Um, I am from Los Angeles, California. Well, I, I grew up about an hour north of Los Angeles, but most people have never heard of the town that I grew up in. Claremont. No. Um, no, it's called Lancaster, or Quartz Hill, really, um, is where I grew up. But, uh, but yeah, so I just say Los Angeles, even though it's not really Los Angeles, but it's fine. Um, so, yeah, I'm a California native. Um was spent some time in North Carolina at Duke, and now I'm over in Ormond Beach. Um, three things you should know about me. I have a really big family. Um, I have eight siblings Dang. and four parents, and I love them all with all my heart. My siblings are my best friends. Um, I'm second to last. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I have one younger brother, and other than that, I'm the baby. So, um, but yeah, and then... Let's see, what else should you know about me? Um, I love talking about the outdoors, and I love going on hikes and stuff. And let's see, I also like to read there. But you also lived on a farm, right? I didn't live on a farm. I worked, worked on a farm. farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was in North Carolina, it was a small, sustainable agriculture farm. It was a community farm. Um, it, it, it was called Chestnut Ridge Community Farm, and it actually was at a summer camp at for Chestnut kids. Ridge camp? Yep, yeah. Oh, I went there. Yeah. Oh, you went to Chestnut yeah. Ridge? Uh, the church we worked with went there, yeah. Oh, small yeah. World. Small world. Yeah, I love Chestnut Ridge. All right, Ridge. so you're, you're here, though, to talk to us about this food and faith thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I have no clue what food and faith is. I mean, when you say food and faith to me, <laughs> that means we're going to pray before we eat. <laughs> Which Amy did not do today with the food that we're eating. Oh here. my gosh, we're heathens! Right, so we didn't even pray before we ate. Started eating lunch today because uh, we got right into the podcast. I'm moving this bag away from you because Scott is 
Anyhow. <laughs> uh, so tell me, I mean, what, it, what, what do I need to know about food and faith? What, what, is, it, what is, is this like a thing or is it just your wording? <laughs> um, it's, it's a little bit of both, I guess. Um, it's definitely a thing in the world of theology. It's, it's becoming a, a really big thing to talk about at churches and stuff. But there's so much to, that you could get into with food and faith. Um, I think that some of the things that I love to talk about with it is um, what it means to be created. Um, I mean, we say that we believe in God, the creator, but... Um, but, but what does it actually mean to be created by God and to live in community with the earth? Um, that has a lot to do with food. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that's definitely a big part of food and faith. Um, well, let's get started there then. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll add to, like, so Brooke and I just missed each other at Duke Divinity School. And I will say, like, this is a really big rising... I guess, topic in the theology world. When I worked in the admissions office, everyone was writing about like Norman Wurzba and Wendell Berry. And so I think we're going to see in the future that a lot of young clergy and a lot of young Christians are taking an interest in food and faith and climate change yeah, and I mean, sustainability, all that type of stuff. That's a whole other thing. I mean, that, we get into a whole topic there about, because there was a time where Duke was all into justice and prison reform. Mm-hmm. Big, big, that was a big movement at Duke. And when I was at Duke, Hauerwas and pacifism, uh, the myths of Christian nation, resident aliens, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, so this is kind of the new trend is what you're telling me. Yes, it's the new... Like, it's just, you viewer. just call it her thing a trend. Yeah, you know, I hope it's more than a trend. Just I hope, as I, hope that, <laughs> I hope that prison reform is also more than, than a, a trend. trend. Exactly. Um, uh, <laughs> but, but, I so mean, yeah, me it's definitely... a trend. <laughs> okay. Faith and food. But, I mean, so we're creative. I get that. Yeah, do you though? Mm-hmm. Do you actually get that? Like, Ooh. I think that um, we say that we're created, but um, a lot of times we often situate ourselves as like, oh, there's the rest of creation. There's animals, there's plants, there's whatever. And then there's us and then there's God. But in reality, it's like, no, there's God. And then there's all of creation. Um, no, but the Bible does say we're created a little lower than the angels. That's in the Bible. Okay. So... This is, you're skipping to our second question. But, oh, Scott, oh. looking ahead. Well, Amy, Amy likes to be a little more organized than I am. <laughs> <laughs> we, What's the first question? We literally Amy? preached about Mary and Martha today, too. So here's the Martha. Okay, so I am a part of Brooke's growth group that she's been leading called the Green Bible. And I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Genesis and like the the order of creation and how it says, you know, we talk about in Genesis one, having dominion over creation. And you just mentioned we're made lower, a little bit lower than the angels. It says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and other, every living thing that moves upon the earth, which is chapter one, 26 through 28. So, you kind of blew my mind a little bit on how um, how we think about that word dominion and feel about it. So can you tell us a little bit about what yeah, you Yeah, because I'm preaching on creation starting the Sunday after Easter. 
And I have a take on this. I want to hear yours. Pressure's on. Okay. Um, well, not to show you up or anything. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Go um, so, you Team know, breath. first I just want to say that this is a really big passage. I think that when we are thinking about creation, obviously everyone goes to Genesis, Genesis 1 and 2. Um, and, you know, the story of, you know, God creating the earth in six days, or they look at, you know, the passage of, or sorry, seven days, but the last day was rest, so really six days. Um, and, uh, and you know, or they look at Genesis 2, which is, you know, creating Adam and then moving into Eve and then kind of the story of the fall. Um, while these passages are really big, there's, like scripture actually has a lot more on creation that is not just in Genesis. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, we have to talk about these passages because so much of the church has, um, church history has sort of revolved around these passages with creation. But I just want to note that there's so much more in there. Um, and Back to Dominion. Yeah, sorry. Okay, I'll talk about Dominion now. So... Um, I actually took a class at, at Duke with uh, Dr. Norman Wurzba um, called Caring for Creation. And, and this passage was uh, a decent amount of what we talked about in the class. Um, it was different ways to sort of interpret that word dominion. Um, it's It can be a hard a hard word to swallow because it really is, you know, you think about like dominating or like having power over, honestly, it's kind of like a, a little bit of like a tyranny word almost. Mm -hmm. Like it makes me feel like it's like really overbearing. Um, but there's actually a lot of different ways to think about this word. Um, and so in, in our green Bible growth group, I actually pulled, um, three of many different ways to talk about this passage, um, together and kind of, uh, just presented it to the group and thought, okay, what's something that we can take away from each of these ways? So I think the one that Amy was talking about that sort of like, um, you know, made people think about it a little bit differently is whenever we started talking about the the priestly approach or um, what's also called like the steward approach. Because what were the... Th the we ought to be good stewards of creation, right? There's yeah, the so, so the steward is different from the priestly approach. They are slightly different, but they kind of go hand in hand in my eyes. So, um, I mean, I think that a lot of times the church talks about, oh, we have to be good stewards of creation. But like when we talk about being a steward, like what is a steward actually? And um, I mean, this is not, you know, the Oxford dictionary's definition of a steward this is brooks definition of a steward but um but you know when i think about a steward i think about someone who has been given a responsibility to care for something or someone or you know a a, a thing so in this case creation <laughs> um like as a, almost like a step in for the for the the actual master, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So like, um, or maybe like for the common good. So for uh, a steward is not the actual owner over creation, but rather the caretaker, um, if that makes sense. And I think how that relates to the priestly idea is like, or, or the pastorally idea is like, you know, just, I don't know, like, uh, uh, Scott, you're the pastor of First United. You're, Amy, you're the pastor of the gathering place. It's your kind of role to, it's your responsibility. You've been called to take care of a group of well, yeah, people. I, mean, I, I would say the translations that call it dominion, I mean, that's the root of the word. But mm -hmm. one of the things I've learned 
is it also is used the same word kind of is used for when you crush grapes to make wine. Hmm. And so my argument is being a good steward of creation or being a good gardener, or being a good farmer is you want your, if you're a farmer, you want your crops to thrive. If you're a winemaker, you want to have great wine, right? Right. So what if we saw our job in creation, not necessarily to be a steward and serving creation, but our job is to help creation thrive to reach its fullest potential. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good interpretation as well. I mean, I, well, thank you, Brooke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Put that in your thesis. Put that in your thesis. All right, so Scott's going to go do my doctoral program for me. Um, Trust me, that I'm not doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that in the history like of just the way that the church has sort of interpreted, interpreted this passage, that the ways that we're talking about are a little bit more, they're a little bit easier to swallow than like, oh, you, you're meant to have dominion over the earth and well, I mean, you we, can do whatever you want with the earth. We all get into that power struggle. It's my right to do what I want to with creation because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the head honcho, quote unquote, right? But that's a dangerous game to play. So we, mm-hmm. what, but what if, what if we were, we're the head honcho of creation, but our job is to help the rest of creation, Right. I mean, isn't isn't that a follower of Christ? We're supposed to give of ourselves to lessen ourselves to make others build up, right? Yeah, I think that using the language of head honcho of creation is just so weird also, like, because it still (laughs) has, like, a little bit of a power, like, dynamic at play. And I think that while there is certainly, like, a, a little bit of, I mean, humans do have a lot of power over creation. I mean, look what we've done with it um, by destroying it a little bit. But um, well, some folks would say we have enhanced it too. It depends on who you talk to, but <laughs> maybe maybe people, a little people, both. May, maybe a little both. Yeah, because I mean, humanity learning how to farm, and now we can get in the whole conversation about farm. But learning how to farm is what develops civilization because we have more food for the first time that we could begin to develop when, when uh, places like Summer and Akkad began to realize, hey, if we water these plants with irrigation and manipulate the soil to grow more, civilization expanded from there. I think you're still thinking about it, though, from a, like, human is the top... Have like, you met me, Amy? <laughs> yeah, I think... Ultimate competitor. Like, it... Do you, are the worms better off? Is the rainforest better off? Is the, like, I think we're still making it seem like there's a hierarchy of worth of, so are we more worthy than the fish? Scott would say. Yes. <laughs> See, that's where, where would you that's differ? where, you know, Listen, I'm like, I'm, so I, I don't know if I agree. If I choose between me or the fish, <laughs> well, fish needs to be chosen. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that what I'm trying to say, I think the fish would choose themselves, and we would choose them ourselves. <laughs> True. Okay, I think we're all just trying to survive here. Right, right. And thank and you for us, making my point, yes, but Amy. Us, but whoa, 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 whoa. And no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that God, you know, doesn't like. I, I'm not one to say that God values certain creatures over the More over others. The other. I think that my point is that we're still a creature, right? Mm, like that you're still created. <laughs> like whether or not you think that you're whatever, that's a whole other topic. The head honcho. Of, you know, whether or not you think you're a head honcho, you're not God at the end of the day. You're still a creature. I think that sometimes Ooh, we like it. to... Like humans are like, oh, because we're sort of the next step down from angels or whatever you said earlier, like 
you know, we're like, oh, we're kind of like more worthy or higher than thou for the rest of creation. But the reality is, is we're still a creature. Um, and, and, and as Brooke is talking about me being a creature, I'm eating a chicken wing to prove <laughs> my dominion over the chicken. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> There's a whole complex happening next to me. Um, uh, but but I actually, I had another professor at Duke, uh, Dr. Daniel Stulak, um, who used to say this phrase at the beginning of all of our class periods, and it's still kind of stuck with me, um, and, and Amy kind of almost said it, um, and I've said it multiple times in our Green Bible group, but um, but he used to say to us, you were made on the same day as the worms and the bees. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, even if... Not according to Genesis 2. Okay, well, but you... But you were still, like, Scott was born the same day as the... Do you interpret that? I interpret it as, like, I was born the same day as some random worm. Like, what makes <laughs> me any, you know, any better? Like, we are... We're part of this ecosystem. And I think what... I don't know, Brooke. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But I am I am trying to get a little bit more comfortable with not thinking of myself so highly that like maybe I would benefit if I start thinking of creation a little bit more or yeah, I mean, like it's a hard jump to go from, I, I get me as a human and there, I'm, I'm not any better than you, mm-hmm. right? Humanity where we're, humanity's equal, right? I get that. But now I'm also, so you're saying that in creation, we're all what? equal or are we in a, I think that dependent relationship. Yeah, I think that um, that we're thinking about this in the wrong way. I think that Ooh. the idea is that because you're a creature, you are utterly dependent on the land. That you are utterly dependent on those worms. That you know whether or not you think of yourself as head honcho of creation, Scott doesn't live without worms. Scott doesn't live without bees. Scott that. doesn't I, you know, live I, without. I, 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 said I don't need them. <laughs> I think you're still caught up in the like. I'm still the head honcho of them. Because I have dominion over creation. Over creation. I get the whole, don't use your power for evil mm-hmm. or for bad. Mm-hmm. Or, and I think it's wrong. I mean, I struggle with that. You, you could argue that we have enough food in the U.S. to feed the world. Mm-hmm. But we don't have the logistical stuff in Africa to get them the water and the food they need. And that's an injustice. That's a, that's a justice issue, right? Mm-hmm. I think we've talked a lot about worms today. <laughs> Honestly, you can never talk too much about worms. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. So what am I supposed to... All right, so we kind of... 